0: Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he him. I'm a queer political activist, actor, comedian, self-proclaimed sexy blurb. That's a um, black nerd. And each week I'm joined in the corner by other fabulous minorities and some allies tackling the news. Pop culture, politics, media, entertainment, and history with a little self-care, self-love sprinkled throughout, all for our own personal and collective empowerment. We did it! Oh, thank goddess, we did it. Oh, yes, indeed. Thank you for joining us on a bonus episode of Minority Corner. Ugh, I hope we're all breathing a sigh of relief. You... That was a close one, y'all. We almost uh, lost democracy. I've been having the song Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead playing in my head all weekend. I hope you got a chance to celebrate. I mean, literally, I felt... The tension in my body, four years of tension just releasing. And it has been the same amongst my family, just the rejoicing. I live here in the heart of the Castro. It was just celebration from 9 a.m. till late in the evening. And uh, we did it congratulations everybody and throwing credit also to the unsung heroes you know we're gonna be unpacking this election for the next you know few weeks and looking at things but so i hope you celebrated you deserve it we deserve it i hope you have given yourself the space to ugly cry i know i did i uh, ugly cried so much uh to scream to shout to release to just celebrate our bodies have been holding on to four years of stress anxiety fear. This was a traumatic experience that we endured over these past four years. It is no joke. And I think it's still sort of settling in for some of us. Um, you know, just when you thought it couldn't get worse, it did to the very bitter end. Trump administration, it was it was a monster. But we rose to the occasion, and we said no. From day one, the Women's March, we were all out there. I was out there in D.C. People were all across the country. We stood up. When they tried to do the Muslim ban, we stood up. Uh, Black Lives Matter, we, we were all out there at every turn. I'm so proud of us. We, we stood up. We didn't get cynical. We didn't roll over. So at every turn, we rose to the occasion uh, we said no. We defeated a racist, sexist, xenophobic, queerphobic authoritarianism. And uh, we're never going to let that happen again. Oof. Oh, my gosh. So please forgive right now. I might have Tara Reid party girl voice because I was just screaming and dancing and just just safely celebrating uh, uh, <laughs> the other day. So I hope you got a chance to as well. And y'all pay pay Trump no mind you know pay trump no mind he's gonna to try to do all kinds of like shenanigans all of it is unfounded the government institutions are already moving on the transfer of power conversations are already happening so trust in these institutions they are up uh, they are upholding the u.s is perfectly capable of removing a trespasser from the united from the white house come january 20th so pay no mind to the shenanigans. Or Joe Biden's already been recognized by other countries and leaders around the world, which like I'm starting to realize how it's so important when we do that to other nations. Which, you know, when they topple their authoritarian dictators, and when we recognize when there's you know a, a, an election, we recognize a, a winner, the cl- a clear winner. Um, and I recognize how important that is. Like this election, you see people dancing out in the streets. Just an old white man was elected, but it was so it was very similar to what you see happen in the Middle East when they topple a a, a dictator. It was we were heading in that direction. We had that, and so the celebration is all uh, justified. So keep that, keep the wheels turning, you know. And I'm just so excited. All of his tweets and everything that he says, it matters so much less. You know, we don't have to we don't have to worry about that. I'm looking forward to not knowing everybody's name who works in the administration. I don't want to know. I don't want to know all the names of the people who work in the administration or the secretaries of all this. I shouldn't know because I want them to just do their job and I don't need to know about all the drama and shenanigans that are happening. So I'm looking forward to not having to know everybody's name. It's cute to know, but I don't need to know in the headline all the time. So don't pay attention to these distraction tactics, these scare tactics, these fear tactics, just to sow distrust in the elections. There's such a hot mess. I don't know if you saw, like, Rudy Giuliani was trying to give a speech at the Four Seasons, and there's such a mess that they booked the Four Seasons, um, with a landscaping company, a parking lot, and, like a shopping area or whatnot, and it was in between, like, a sex shop. And a crematorium. I mean, Chef's Kiss. What a be- what a great ending for this just clown show that has happened. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Well, I don't want to say anything bad about witches because witches be dope. Ding dong, the fools are dead. It's done. So, but there is still work. Ahead. We know this. 70 million people co-signed on everything that that man and his administration stood for. And I hope you have uh, gotten a chance. And if you haven't, definitely check out our episode from last week with Ineke. Although... Uh, the election hadn't been official, we really dive into the action steps of uh, what to do next as we move forward and the work that lies ahead. So a really great episode and really great insights into um, what our next steps are moving forward as we still have so much more work to do. We still need to be having conversations, telling our stories, listening, and being strategic as Democrats and progressives, in in getting the movement forward, we just got to be strategic. Some of it is rebranding. Republicans have gotten really good at rebranding racism in the form of economics, while well, we can do the same. We just got to rebrand, you know, uh, the Green New Deal into economics, leading everything back to economics. As we, there, there's just a way to do it. So we're gonna get strategic. The work lies ahead. Brunch is still canceled, y'all. Brunch is still canceled. we got work to do. In some ways, I'm so glad that this election actually, as terrifying as it is, that's good information. We know that half the country is still co-signing on racist bullshit, right? So if it was a landslide, it would have been misleading. Like in 2008, folks all thought that racism was over and done. Uh Uh-uh. Obama had a good message on economics and allowed some white people to feel like maybe they weren't that racist, right? It was right in the middle of the recession. They gave it a try, made themselves feel better. He did have a much better economic plan. See, economics. So it's heart—it's heartbreaking, but it's good for us to know the work that lies ahead. We see it. It's in full color. And uh, it's good for us to be a un- un- little uncomfortable and not, not get comfortable not not get, um, you know— at ease because there's just it shows us the amount of work to do and it's doable it's winnable so definitely if you haven't check out last week's episode um and the next thing that we need to do take your breather take your rest but georgia let's get back into the ring y'all um the senate is still within our grasp. we can tie the senate and then vice president Kamala Harris will be the deciding vote. Let's give her that power. Yes, this you know, woman of color being the tie-breaking vote, it strips Mitch McConnell of his power. So take your breather. The work is not done yet. Donate, volunteer, tax bank, phone bank must stay in it. Remember that feeling on Tuesday night. Tuesday night when it looked like things were bad. And you thought, shit, it's 2016 all over again. And you thought, fuck, was there something else I could have done? Could I have done more? God, I wish I had, right? Remember, those thoughts probably went through your head. And then remember on Saturday, the feeling of winning. Let's get more of that right and that only comes if we do the work. We get one shot at this. So when we come to January 5th, it's going to be like the that'll be our official return of the Jedi cuz the empire's going to try to strike, try to strike back. They always do, right? Uh, like in the horror movies, they always come back for one last scare, but we're gonna be ready. We know the tricks. We know the game plan. I uh, give Stacey Abrams the keys to the car of democracy in Georgia. Follow her lead. Uh, that's where we need to go. So, and then we'll it'll be a big party, like the end of the last last. Uh, what is it? Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. It'll be a big party, like Return of the Jedi. Now. For something fun, not for something fun. Okay, so we're doing this bonus episode because we had this deep conversation and I didn't want it to get cut. Um, Well, we're going to have some fun, but as as much fun as something like Lovecraft Country can be because that show was terrifying at times so aneki is here to help lead us through a conversation breaking down this groundbreaking sci-fi horror series um we examine the show in all of its entirety uh so this is spoiler alert if you haven't seen the series then uh you might want to skip to the very end of the episode and, and meet us at the end for the fact check from last week's episode but uh hopefully you have and uh have seen the show and if not you'll hear our thoughts on it and uh we examine the show is show as as fabulous as it was, was not perfect. You know, we still got a side eye, our hero. So we do look at the shortcomings of this show. But it also had so many amazing victories, um, just celebrating um, stories from the marginalized folks, specifically black folks that just don't get told and using science fiction and, and horror as a lens to have some really amazing discussion we look at the easter eggs that were in the show uh the historical context hidden meanings things that you might have missed i and again this connects to what we were talking about last week why it's important to keep telling our stories and for folks to hear the stories and histories of marginalized folks because if we do that it creates understanding it creates empathy And we can confront our ugly histories and then begin to heal them and not return to those. We can avoid having something like a Trump enter and almost break our democracy. You know, he was certainly the symptom, but not the cause of the turmoil that we've experienced for these past four years, and we're not going to let that happen again. So stay awake, stay vigilant, stay active, stay engaged, and stay ready. But right now, let's get into it. Breaking down Lovecraft Country with Aneke. It's time to learn, laugh, and play. Let's go. Lovecraft, la la Lovecraft, Lovecraft. It's where you at Black Magic, get out of here. White people, (laughs) this not for you. But you should watch the show. Oh, yeah. Two, sorry. With uh, things that you should be doing is continue listening to black stories, black media, yes, and things like that. Because mm-hmm. again, that's part of us like hearing the stories and hearing things like mean, Lovecraft Country is such a great example of that as like and even like Watchmen and things that we've been seeing is mm-hmm. it's a re educating people of like our histories, understanding in a very creative way the yes. experiences of other people. So I think like keep listening to this show
1: hello <laughs> black voices other
0: shows like it it's very important to get cues from the mm-hmm. black folks
1: i agree okay so lovecraft country based off of a book hbo show black people craziness i'm just gonna put this out here because i am a professional hater <laughs> not as good as watchmen but still Whoa. quality whereas Watchmen can't they is both an exist? Right? Can't they both exist? They can. They can. Why are you? They absolutely you can. These? But when you got two blackety shows on HBO that come back to back, both talking about Tulsa, <laughs> fair. You can't help but do a little comparison. Mm, mm, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair. Two weird black people shows. I would say Lovecraft Country is <laughs> even weirder for sure. One hundred percent. Um, Lovecraft gets a, so if, if Watchmen gets a, a plus, Lovecraft gets an A, a minus. So I'm not saying that it's Mm. bad. There's just a couple of points that I want to like touch on before, Mm -hmm. you know. At some point, I'll touch on the things that I think that they can improve if, the de- if they decide to do a second Which, season. Which,
0: I mean, I'm totally fine if they don't. I love a good one-seasoner. Like, Watchmen was just like, bam, yeah. out figure yeah. it out in your imagination of what happens yeah. next. Like, it's something as, it's something magic, and it's like an experience and event. And maybe right. like a f- 20 years from now, if they're like, let's do a sequel, then like I'd be down for five years.
1: That's how I feel about Watchmen. I feel like Watchmen is excellent in the vacuum alone but i feel like because lovecraft is pulp you know it's pulpy it's serialized it's yeah
0: my fear is that it would oh here's why i wouldn't want a second season i wouldn't want it to get bad It's just really sometimes hard Mm -hmm. for things to like you know like true blood the first two seasons were really great uh it's just like i would get scared for it to get bad but listen i will watch it again and i will hey if they give me more i'll eat it up i will eat it up
1: i feel lovecraft can pull it off because it's yes. it's talking about these stories and i love seeing supernatural based in reality yes. which is like the main claim to fame for lovecraft well first of all hp lovecraft was a horrible racist so mm-hmm. it was it it is soup in so basically the book there's a book lovecraft country that they adapted into the tv show they made some changes but um, they take. the Did stories you read the it? Had monsters. you read that book? No, I hadn't. Okay, no, I ain't yeah, got no either. time for that. I'm the most unread <laughs> librarian. But <laughs> when you got a toddler, you don't got time. I for know.
0: Shit. Yeah. It, you still tell us where the <laughs> books are. Where the books? In that I game? do. I know books? where they're
1: at. I can point <laughs> you to it. I can read about the book. I'll tell you. You know. But I. Yeah. I don't know if I got time to actually leisurely read. Somebody, give me some time to leisurely read. Um, but. <laughs> So they take the monsters and kind of the themes of H.P. Lovecraft, who's huge in science fiction. Huge. But, like, he did some really horrible racist things. Like, I think he even named his cat the N-word. Like, I think, like, he was a horrible, horrible man. And there's, like, one story that people love where it's, like, this one guy goes to, to Mars and he defeats a bunch of, like, aliens. But he's a Confederate soldier. So it's, like, how do you root for that guy? So... They take,
0: but in this one he's Jackie Robinson. Yeah,
1: exactly. So they make they took it and turned it on its head, which I love. Yep. It's so subversive. And each episode has a theme of a Lovecraft type story. Like you know, you develop you you. He has a monster that has a bunch of eyes, and so they have the monster show up. There's like an Indiana Jones sort of thing, which H.P. Oh, Lovecraft love kind that of one. created. You know, so it's all these different themes, so it's mostly black, but there are some touches in um, the queer community, LGBTQ community, there are some touches about women, there's some touches about colorism, so they really try to address it all, which I thought they did a, a good job. I do think that they failed the LGBTQ community, because there's this one character and i don't want to get into the feelings of the show so i'll just get it out of the way before i start gushing about it. Oh, this everything. is spoiler
0: city too by the way so i want you oh, to yeah. rip the bandit off y'all like don't listen to this okay. if you come back later but we gotta be come spoiling. back later
1: because i'm gonna <laughs> let loose thank you you caught me right yeah. before i really dived in too that was good timing james i appreciate <laughs> that
0: i wanted you just i didn't want ho- you to feel like you had to hold back i wanted you to go
1: Okay, so I want to discuss this one character before we go into really, like, all the great aspects of it. Because I feel like it's the elephant. It's like the stinky fart in the room. So the Indiana mm. Jones episode where they go in and they have to, like, go under a museum, and which is, addresses the whole colonialism of museums and, and how it's all stolen artifacts. And I thought that that was a great hinting of that. Um, <sighs>
0: Also, is that episode was such a fun one because I was that was the moment I was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. Like, black people getting to do Indiana Jones yeah. treasure hunting stuff. Like, we never get to do that. It was just a See, fun moment I and that, experience. But then it was
1: soured because we get a um, non-gender um, conforming indigenous person. who re-
0: Were they a 2 I couldn't what? remember if they were two- a yeah, two-spirit. Yeah, two-spirit.
1: But anyway, so this person was reanimated, comes back um and basically <laughs> only existed to be punched and killed
0: i was so excited when they introduced this character because i was like oh we're gonna have this conversation and then within the same episode right. they had Manchos like uh, slit her throat
1: their throat throat and also like
0: their throat, didn't
1: yeah. get any m- was never spoken of again <laughs> I think they
0: uh, mentioned a lie in the next episode they're like oh they killed them well we gotta go uh, get this map
1: right And so I so that that really left a sore taste in my mouth because I was like ew, yuck and and, and you know fully felt objectifying and all of this but I did research the showrunner Misha Green yeah and she said that she feels bad and she knows that she fucked up and it, it was basically to show, that people of color can mm-hmm. be um, can subjugate other groups of people as well. 100%. I thought look that at that the election. A, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Like I thought that was a great point, but it was just executed poorly. So I think that that's like, see, that's why I'm excited for a second season. Because yeah. this is a show that's run by a woman who sees her mistakes and doesn't mm. double down she realizes oh i can improve on that so the next season i feel like something like that would be remedied Uh, or the show can build off of itself with a showrunner who's willing to learn and adapt yeah
0: i think when i saw that moment too i had that same like but i was wondering if it was because it's a community that is so continuously silenced and because like they that their character couldn't talk And then when they could, like the throat was split. And so that's, I thought it was like a doubling down on that. But, and I appreciate that the, I also too, just, I always, I love it. Like, I love a female. I love a female anything. You give me a female MC. You give me a female mm-hmm. like uh, director mm-hmm. or showrunner. I feel safe. I usually will feel in such good hands. Like even when they had like the queer characters like in it, like with Montrose's storyline. Um, and there were some people mm-hmm. who were like, oh, like I, I always think it's really interesting to see, especially black gay men in the '60s is like such like I never get to see that. It's like it's like we right, didn't right. we we never get to see those stories. And for me, it reminds me that like. Oh yeah, we were in existence. That there are people who came before me. I, you know, like and and, and right. um and I felt safe that like she was going to tell that story. And I just I love and I love like I feel yeah. safe now too that she's she's like oh I hear you I got you I'm sorry I I I you know wasn't I, I
1: right Yeah, doesn't that feel good? It feels it's great. nice to hear someone admit like okay I could improve on that and I plan to improve on that like that's awesome so that's why like okay so there's that the farts out of the room there's so many things in this it literally had everything in it it was a kitchen sink of everything. And
0: I love... You touched on this. I love that every episode was, like, a different book or a genre. Right. Yeah. You know? Like, it was almost like a connected anthology right. series. It was like, oh, we're doing... We're doing, uh, like, yeah, like, Ghosts this right. week. Or Weird Sci-Fi or Indiana Jones or uh, or Afrofuturism. Right. Like, we got everything. Time, Time travel. travel. Dimension like, travel. So dimension cool. travel. So, like,
1: everything, basically... And I liked how everything was rooted in kind of a theme, too. So, first... You got, like, um, Mm. you got Wizards, right? Where it's Wizards, and it's basically talking about white supremacy and how, like, the powers that be kind of hold down black community by basically utilizing them. Mm -hmm. Um, That was really interesting. I I really was fascinated with the whole Ruby and her transition and her cocooning into, like, a white woman. And uh, the thing that really got me... for the Ruby episode was the first thing that she did was she, as a white woman, she just went and sat on a bench in a park and read. Like, that really hit me because yeah, there, just- there's something that people don't get who aren't black women is that your body is such... It's so political and you can't even help it. And, and it's something that I've learned to adapt with. But I... I am never one that wants Mm. to be like, I like to be seen in my own way. Like, Oh yeah, I'll be on stage. I'm performing. I'm doing that. But when I'm walking through the world, I just want to blend in because I'm so used to people noticing me. I'm so used to people saying, Oh, is that your hair? Oh, are you dangerous? Oh, you know, ways that constantly Mm. sexualizing, it was radical and it was such an inside joke that she went and sat on a park bench and read. Like some people probably didn't even pick that Mm -hmm. up.
0: It's a simple thing. She didn't like go like, she didn't like just like, you know, run for office or try to start a (laughs) company. It was very simple. She just is like, and I, that episode was such like, to me, and this is why I love science fiction and I love horror because we call this in theater the Brechtian atta- uh, effect, and so it's when you you alienate the audience, set something in a different time zone, or you um, add in some sort of like fara element because it makes the audience have to do the work to draw the connections of how this um, affects in their their actual life, as opposed to if you were just to do this like a straight up story. And she's like, "I want to be white," like, and it just and she tries to like put makeup on or something. Like it's a little too. But when you have to add in the supernatural element for it, it allows you as the audience to sort of find the connections. And I, that episode resonated so well, too, because I think right. – and it's not so much that, like, any – I understand, I feel like – at least I'll speak for myself. And I know other people in my family who've gone – so it's when you were a kid and you were like – I want to be white. Like I I I've, I've, I've had that thought or feeling before and it was almost like a oh my gosh, like it was it was almost cathartic because I was like, oh, other people have had that thought or this experience um a, as well and it's not so much that of wanting to be whiteness but it's a freedom. It's a freedom uh, to to be and to not be harassed or to oh, be yeah. uh, attractive or part of you know the the dominant society. There's like it, it's it's hard to, and that's the thing. Like why again? Why like take your cues right. from black people because we're at the bottom and we see everything right. that's happening up a top. Right? We see all the other shit that's going on. Um, and, and I thought that episode was such a it was such a powerful episode. And mm-hmm. Ruby in general, it's such a, what I love about what i What I thought was so great about this show is that uh, characters like Ruby and Hippolyta, who in any other series would have just been side side characters, all got their main they all got an episode and a main part of the plot and something integral to the plot where you normally wouldn't have uh, gotten you know these women they both got to you know be naked and be sexy and like yes sexual and 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 be badass and be in the action of things or you know and i just thought that was like wow you never get to see this like hippolyta getting to be part of like you know the uh black amazon to fought off you know colonial colonial folks which we yes yes and like getting to tap into our history that episode i i think i texted you that was and this is again like why it's important when we talk about sharing our stories or understanding stories outside of yourself i felt after it was episode seven the the hippolyta adventures time travel adventures i felt like Mm -hmm. i got a deeper insight into black women's experience i felt like i i think i texted you as like Oh, and okay, not like I get it, but I feel like, I felt like I think I said something like I see you, I see. Yeah, you.
1: thank you. And I think this is something that it this is where intersectionalism kind of comes in, and where that episode was beautiful is because, um, you know, as a man, you get to be multifaceted. You know, like you're allowed in society to be like, oh, I'm a baseball player, I'm this, I'm that, I'm all of these different things. And as a white person, you get to be multifaceted. You get to be this, that, mm-hmm. or whatever. But a lot of times, women are pigeonholed into things. And a lot of times, black people are pigeonholed into things. And then when you intersect those together, black women, especially dark, um, darker-complexed black women um, that aren't stick-thin, are going to be pigeonholed into a certain type of psychic character constantly. You mm. see it in movies, mm-hmm. you see it on television, you see it... It's never-ending! Why do you think black yeah. women are always portrayed as um, counselors or therapists? <laughs> it's, it's it's a portrayal, it's a continuation of the mammy stereotype. It's of the mammy version yeah. of the mammy. We'll, oh, this we'll, woman's we'll gonna take, take care, of, care of, of me. She's gonna listen to my mm-hmm. bullshit and give me wise advice. So, to see Hippolyta go mm-hmm. through the stair. she's a mom she's the caretaker yeah.
0: yes and even starts off the show like she doesn't get to go on the first adventure she's like oh why don't i go and her husband is like no no yeah. no you stay here and you right. think you're like oh she's interesting but oh i know this stay is going home. we won't see her and and
1: also i'm glad they did it that way too because i hate to say it gonna be controversial but a lot of times black men do this to black women they mm-hmm. they believe in those stereotypes as well there's a lot Well, of again, the,
0: that. we c- and we can see that because 95%, per- we can look at the voting record, and we start to see mm-hmm. how patriarchy starts to come into it again. Like, 80, 20% of them voted for Trump.
1: Right, exactly. So, to see this woman name herself, that's the beauty of it. She got to say who she was herself mm. and explore those yeah. options. That was amazing. I mean, they lost me a couple of times when I was like, OK, where are we going with this? But I loved it because it was. she like got to talk
0: to Beyonce. See, That one
1: was OK. <laughs> but I love the Afrofuturism of it.
0: Do you think Beyonce is watching? Do you think Beyonce is watching that show? And she's like, oh, that's my name. Like, I'm so curious. Like, what is that?
1: Yeah, she probably was. That's corny. Like she said in her lyrics where she says that Illuminati shit mm, is corny. Okay, she probably was right. like, mm, come on, guys. But <laughs> but you know what? I love yeah. it because it's tongue-in-cheek and it's silly and it's funny. And that's why I like the show a lot because it did have a sense of humor of itself it, from time to time where it would be like, okay, this is silly. And they would like totally do a winkety-wink uh, at you. But it was
0: also sometimes – see, this sub, this show, it it, it, it it is like a yo-yo because some episodes are like, oh, Afrofuturism, oh, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And then some episodes get you and you can't sleep. At oh, no, night, I was terrified.
1: Okay, <laughs> let me let me bring this up, James. Let me bring let me talk about this. So, the whole show they have all these different genres, right? They're like, oh, wizard, spooky. Okay, there's some monsters with eyes. Okay, that's a little scary, but it's not that scary. Okay, there's some mm. body horror where we have Ugh. like a woman peeling off her skin, and you're like, okay, that's gross, but it's not necessarily like scary. And so. You think to yourself, "I can handle this. I can watch the next episode. I, whatever, it's gonna be fine." And then, if you're a black person watching it, you see these, for lack of a better word, pickininnies, Jigab- jigaboos. <laughs> Look it up if you don't know jigaboos. what it is. Jigaboos oh, and are the same damn thing. So yeah, <laughs>
0: terrifying. It's a,
1: it's a slur for it's a slur for a little uh, for a black child, and they made them the scariest shits yeah. in my yeah. life that <laughs> with their body movements in, <laughs> in <laughs> daytime
0: <laughs> the very talented say, movements insidious is,
1: the first, <laughs> insidious is the first movie that i really That's got scared <laughs> and it was the first time they did a, a daylight scare where they had that demon come out peeking out from the back of patrick wilson mm. looking all scary during the daytime that scared oh. the shit out of me and yes. they did the same shit in this one i
0: know stop talking about <laughs> it i'm getting scared right now <laughs> My, mine mine they was a uh, scream scream 2 where they got scare. randy in the middle of the quad and he they like mer- nothing daytime s- scare got see? him in the quad, nothing scarier than a daytime scare the and truck. they brought
1: those two picking any be jigaboos scared. out and <sighs> also white people you cannot say picking any jigaboo i'm just p-
0: oh you can't don't be like oh yeah the no, jigaboos were scary though. yeah good That's good disclaimer Good. That's, that's, a, that's an N-word for you guys. That is a fubu. <laughs>
1: that is, mm-hmm. yeah. But these ladies, yes. um, they came out uh, middle of the day, ugh. middle of the goddamn day with Poppin' and Lockin', and they did this thing where normal blackface is, which is gross, but normal blackface, <laughs> the mouth is red or white. So what they did with these ladies, they gave the yeah. bloody-ass mouths Oof. cut wide on open Mm, mm, mm. that's scary james
0: yes well i usually would i usually made a point because the first like episode was really kind of spooky and i was like okay i'm not going to watch the show at night i usually watch it during the day and the last previous two episodes were not that scary and so i the sun had just set i was in the middle of doing my laundry which is in my Mm. basement and the sun had set, and the J- Jigaboo episode came on, and I was like, yeah, no, but I gotta get my laundry. And I, like, call Aneke, and I, like, send her, a f- I'm like, Aneke, like, <laughs> I sent you a photo, and you, like, get out of that basement. I did not go get my laundry until the next day. Because my basement looks like the ending where D essentially gets... It looked
1: like the set. It
0: looks like the set where D gets essentially, like, almost murdered by the Danton, like, Jigaboos. And I think that episode was particularly scary for black people. More so than I think for white people. Because it is, I think the image just resonate in yeah. the same way and I also thought it was a really interesting allegory of almost like mm-hmm. our own fears yes. coming against us right because it is the sort of like yeah. white people's caricature of us and it's almost like us running away from our own fears of that they put on us does that make sense
1: 100, 100% I get that and you know what and also in just a scare tactic I mean full disclosure I used to have dr- nightmares where um blackface People would be oh running God. after me. No way. Blackface I don't understand. Old timey white people. Uh, how is that what fun? What was your facet Why I, did I, you like? I, it's scary. Black
0: Like white are scary. kids must have had. But maybe that's the point. And then white kids go grow up thinking black people are scary. Yes,
1: so because that maybe is.
0: I don't know. Did white people have na- nightmares about it? Yeah, it is. It's creepy I don't as know
1: one. Because blackface is scary as hell. And I would have dreams about that. So that triggered that Triggered, Tiggered, that tiggered Triggered. you,
0: no. <laughs> I'm sure, I've had some Tigger nightmares too. <laughs> Bouncing up and down. Ooh,
1: I got all the energy. <laughs> uh. No, yeah, that triggered me to my core, seeing those. Didn't you think Jigaboo was a fun name at one point?
0: Okay, why are you putting We're me on blast here? What? I had a boyfriend, <laughs> Who would say, I'd be like, oh, uh, didn't we go to that Rihanna concert? He'd be like, oh, that must have been you with one of your other Jigaboos. And I thought it was like, you know, we used to say Jigga what? (laughs) Jigga who? And he was white. I thought it was like a cute, like fu- I thought it was like Boo and Jigga put together, and I was singing around Aneké, and Aneké like had a come to like, Jesus moment racist. with me. <laughs> we we're at the pool, probably a few, like I think it was like a, the day we decided we we're gonna do this podcast, and you were like, "That's why, that's it is this that word." <laughs> I do, we need, we a need a podcast that so we can talk about this. Um, oh, episode six, I really like the um, I, I like the exploration. I, I do appreciate what uh, Misha Green did, where she wasn't only talking about um. Just how like you know white supremacy affects not only the black community but also other communities Mm -hmm. as well. Like the Korean War, I thought that was was really interesting. Like the character of G.
1: Bay Area local, beautiful.
0: Jamie Chung, congratulations, Jamie Chung. I remember you from Real World San Diego. Yes, Uh, she won one of those Battle of the Seasons Real World channels, and she took that money, put it into acting lessons, and never looked back.
1: Never looked back. Now she's an influencer. Taking pictures in Piedmont here in the Bay Area. Coming, but back she's home. done like
0: so many shows. Like she's done so many. She's like I a know. sci-fi, like sci-fi darling because she does. She did. She's doing really she, good. She did. I. She was in Once Upon a Time. She played Mulan. Um. Oh, she. Okay. Uh, That show seems so so
1: weird to me. I never watched that show. It It was a very weird show. She was a queer Mulan. Every episode would be like. Her and Sleeping
0: Beauty (laughs) were, they were making googly eyes at each other. See,
1: what is that show? What is that show?
0: Wild. Yeah, they kept adding <laughs> characters and like, but now Cinderella's here. She lost her snippet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they don't remember who they are. They're in this other they're in this other See? world. It was trying to do Lost what? Meets Fairy Tales mm. was, was the idea. Lost yeah, Meets Fairy I Tales. There's flashbacks were the like But when I was a princess in Fairy Tale Land, this is what See, I was what?
1: doing. It the was hell? wild. And yeah, it got it I just, yeah. that
0: one. but she was in just a, a lot of movies. You look at her film career; she she did a lot. She's done a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. But I thought it was so interesting because it, I think the show in general shows like a lot of gray area where no character. What I loved mm-hmm. is that like no character was perfect, but it wasn't like they were all assholes, right? Like so, it's not like a Breaking Bad where it's right. like ooh I'm just an asshole. It was just like the. People are doing the best that they can dealing with the the, the trauma and circumstances that they are are given. There's a lot of gray areas, so
1: I mean there were assholes.
0: Well yeah, well some of the racist assholes. But I'm talking
1: all the white men every white Uh, man on that show was I'm sorry,
0: I'm not considering I'm not thinking (laughs) about them. They're not part of the normal characters. See Oh okay. (laughs) Reverse. Finally. All time. (laughs)
1: But wait, about what about Christina She, though?
0: I, w- she's a white woman who felt oppressed by the patriarchy, but was willing to step over everybody else to get her piece of the pie. Mm,
1: good breakdown. So she
0: was like, she was white feminism. <laughs>
1: yes, she was, James. She was.
0: <laughs> Christina was white feminism. She was. 100%. We're like, you want, you want to root for her, but then she's willing to like instead of solidify with these other groups or even like black women, she will use them to get what she feels like she is deserved.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wow. You just gave me some insight that I didn't even have before. That was beautiful. That's so true. Mm -hmm.
0: That's so true. <laughs> Covered in the blood of a black man. Because even what's so interesting, uh, she brings up this really interesting point <laughs> where she says, and I want to circle back to, to G in a second, but she she brought up this the point when okay. Tick is about to uh, shoot her. And she's like, you what are you thinking you can't shoot a white you can't be a black man shooting a white woman right and so then there's an interesting through line though too i love how they introduce bobo who is emmett till and it's interesting because in episode three they asked the ghost he asked am i gonna have a good time when i go down to the south and the ghost says no and it was so interesting and then, you know, he has his funeral and you're seeing what happens in the story of Emma Till as a white woman lied about what a young black boy did and they murdered him. He didn't do anything. He murdered him. And then come yeah. to the end, there she you know. pretty much like mur- like the reverse can be true, the damage that white women can do to black men. She slices tick open, bathes in her blood for her to get her power. And we see that with what was it with Christian Cooper. With, with, uh, with, uh, with the with the with the with the dog the right. dog walker in the park, so the danger right. that white women can pose to black bodies sometimes for their own. Oh right, she was a yes. Karen. Um, oh, but I thought it was interesting because you saw just the violence that also black people did participate in the Korean War, and it's sometimes it, sometimes it can be like we're crabs in a barrel. Where, you know, and this is what, when you look at the election of what happened, when I see POCs voting, BIPOCs voting against their own interests, it's like, that's how sick and insidious, you know, white supremacy and capitalism is, where people are just so hungry to get their piece of the pie that they will Mm. do whatever it is that they want to do. And so when you see Tick violently murder korean people you know and but then like again like he was a black man trying to you know just trying to survive and maybe get his piece of his you know american pie and you you just you see and and i think there just was such interesting like even like in his dad montrose who used to beat him But he was beaten by his dad, but he was struggling with his own homosexuality. And so you see the pain that people are trying to do their best. And I felt like every character had this gray area that they lived in. I thought that was just so beautifully done of people doing their best in their times that they're in and also dealing with the traumas of their past and their ancestors past.
1: 100%. I feel like it was the layered effect of it all. It was the um, everybody has two different sides of the coin and nobody is an innocent you Mm, know and mm, so even except for maybe d and it's because she's a kid you know you can't
0: but where it's going i don't know because what she does in the end she
1: she ends up killing which i didn't like that i don't like that she was one to to kill you know like i don't i don't know Anyways, I, I.
0: but i i think i'm i'm wondering if it's because of the pain and trauma that she had been inflicted on I I think and I think that this can happen of how you can go too far sometimes because she was literally cursed by white people. She was minding her own business. Right grieving over her friend right. and cursed by white people lost her arm for white people and then she's like I'm out for, for, for I'm interested to see where that storyline does go because that yeah. is a story that does sort of happen like it's uh, it's sad because it's like we as black people always have to be the bigger better person right? and Dee's maybe showing you no it's a loss of innocence like
1: i think that for d is the loss of innocence like we she was the one innocent pure character because she's a kid and that's something that we Mm, need to be reminded of all the times like kids are innocent and they're affected by their surroundings and all the adults always forgot about her always left her alone and she's even alone at the end you know so it's it's yeah. it's showing that yes you're right we, where did they just you know <laughs> so oh, like they kept you, like you forgetting know about her and i'm glad that she um that we saw the loss of innocence because it's a it's a cause and response like kids are innocent yes, and they're right. affected by their surroundings and like, I it, am glad that she called out her mom, even though her mom needed to be able to go out and explore herself. but like, you know what? you left your kid behind, <laughs> you know, like yes, you did it, yeah, I, it's one of those things where but
0: and but she she left her kid behind to try to not only fight but find and what. Almost to sometimes the, the sacrifices that black parents have to do for their kids, like when they're having to work so many jobs because the you know economy is stacked against them, or or, or you know she like she wasn't doing that, that the, though she like, was
1: out battling fucking Confederate soldiers, <laughs> floating around she Beyonce. She then brought
0: back, but she became a better person, was able to build back the technology, which is great. To get her daughter a new arm but maybe her daughter wouldn't have needed that if that you know wouldn't. if she was around to protect her from getting (laughs) scarley
1: cursed but if you
0: remember if you remember when tig went through his portal we never saw what happened but he said a woman in a red jacket with a hood and a robotic Mm -hmm. arm gave him a book and pushed him through back through the window who has a robotic arm
1: oh it was her oh interesting See that's why we need another season. There will be
0: another season. And there's, I mean, they were doing so many themes around like resurrection. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, they were tick was being kind of like the the Jesus sort of figure. Um, and I he's on a cross. He's on a cross. Yeah. Re- he had just been baptized. Uh, resurrection and stuff. That's and one coming.
1: thing that they scanned through a lot of different things that would have been a couple of episodes during those flashbacks at the end that mm-hmm. I kind of wish that they paused Next on. They're like, hey, we did this, 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 and this. Next you know, season. that's why I'm hoping for another season. But I. do feel like the combination of of um, themes that black people experience and understand with science fiction and not having it only be afrofuturism is exciting like i love afrofuturism don't get me wrong wakanda forever but I do think that people need to realize that black people can exist in many different forms in many different ways. And this show really pushed that to the limit. And I loved it. I
0: totally, totally agree. And I I thought it was interesting. One of the things, one of the things that was a huge theme for me at the end was I, Mm -hmm. well, one, two, we got to see Tulsa in a way that we've never seen Tulsa. Like Watchmen kind, like we got to see it like on the Mm -hmm. ground. I thought that was so interesting to relive Tulsa through that. Like, It was just very Mm -hmm. violent and and, and bloody, and more like again. And this Tulsa is like one of many massacres that happened against you know, black people and murdering women and children and everybody there. But one of the moments that, and I thought like I it was interesting to do that time travel experience of us, even those characters got to understand their history. Like, it's one thing to read it in the history books, but to get to see it,
1: you know, yeah, no, I thought that that was fascinating. I thought that there. It was good to see Tulsa in its bustling good stage. Like I thought that that was really cool, and to see black people just living their lives and like in old timey gear and in their homes, I love that. But I do feel like one, when what's her face was walking with the book hella slow, meanwhile Hippolyta is like dying, like with the thing in her arms, that (laughs) killed me. I was like, run, bitch! What are you doing? And then two, (laughs) she she didn't know know Hippolyta was in trouble. Bombs are coming. (laughs) But see, everyone's
0: true. gray because Letty, as much as She's I love a her, She's she, a you know, she, you know, sometimes she, but I love her. I think Journey's and I love Journey's. My favorite. I knew I would love her. Mm-hmm. Well, I already knew from the trailer I would love her. But the moment when she realized, when the very first episode that the the diner that they're at was like a white oh, yeah, racist, like we're gonna get murdered place, yeah. and she was like, "Get your asses up out of here, yeah. we gotta go!" And then good. she drives, and we're like women can't drive, and she's like, "I got this." Like I was I like, love "I that. love her. She's badass." No, that
1: was really fucking awesome. That was good. I hope now that we can move on to other racial right racial massacres because I think. I think now people know it's in the in the conscious world that Tulsa happened. But I don't... I'm afraid that idiot people are going to think that's the only time that happened. Right. So I think that we need to also talk about some of the... That there were, right. this was a yeah. rash of things so that happened more. in the United States. And also not just to black people. Like, it happened to other communities of color, too. Like, basically after the 1906 earthquake, mm-hmm. San Francisco let Chinatown yeah. burn down. They're like, sorry, bye, and we're not going to help you. So it's... It's it's an mm. endemic that I think mm. that we need to look into, yeah. which I love. But I do love that a piece of me was like, we should have went to somewhere else for a massacre. But another piece of me was like, no, we need to double down on Tulsa to make sure people really understand stay here. what Dub- happened here. Yes. You know?
0: I, and I felt like it came at it from a different angle. And we got to spend an entire episode there. Like mm-hmm. whereas, Maybe we did in Watchmen, but I felt like it did, the angle of it was just different. I felt like I got to see it from a different angle. And because, too. personal. V- before our podcast n- not like most people had not heard about it like we were right. part of the tipping point of getting the information we were the out first there people. like we really were it was the first time it was the first time i had heard about it um mm-hmm. and i i and, and so now i think it's yeah doubling down on the conversation ar- around it and i think there are so many more hundreds of more i'm gonna link um somebody did the links and hughes project or something did um, a <laughs> syllabus um oh, wow. to lovecraft country it's really interesting they provide other resources to that the show books resources music and podcasts that the show references or that they think are like or even, like, historical things that the show um, doesn't maybe go into, but would mm. reference and link mm-hmm. to it. And they have a huge oh, list it. of so many more massacres. They pretty much did, like, my homework for this spot. I'm like, oh, I know what wow. the next yeah, okay. 16 episodes are going to be about. Um <laughs> One thing that I wanted to end on, that I thought for myself, was such a theme of the show that came together for myself for this season. Mm. You know, Tick essentially becomes it's his, a hero journey in a way, and kind of looking at like destiny. And in some ways, I think like how we mm. are we create our own destiny in a way because if you look at it, when they time traveled back, they created like they made what ended up happening only happen because they ended up time traveling and making those things happen. So we do in some ways create our own destiny. Time is right, happening right. all at once. Yes. Um and so giving us our ownership that we mm-hmm. uh he says, Tick says we have to remind ourselves we have I a like choice. That. We can be monsters Or heroes and i think that's even going where d's storyline is going for next season like yes she had all this bad shit happen to her Mm. how is what is the choice that she is then going to make off of it right um and then and then his mother says when he has his moment with his mother but if we ain't walking toward an altar to sacrifice ourselves for something important what is our purpose oh i love that and that to me has just been so bone-chilling. And I think about all the ancestors that have come before us, all of the, everybody, the generations, like everybody, like that's what we do. Our lives, we Mm. are going to, whether it's you're sacrificing your time or you're sacrificing Mm. your money for causes. If you're, you know, we're all, it's essentially putting the good of, of what's to come And that's what we're here to work for, to make our lives, make the lives of the next generation a little bit easier and a little bit better because that's what people did for us. And I thought that that was like – that really – and so much of the show was the history Mm. of people essentially making those sacrifices and doing those things um, to make life better for the next generation.
1: I feel like that's a nice dovetail with the previous corner because it's – Allow it's just creating a path like the whole theme is mm. to create the path in order for the next generation to proceed to move forward yeah a hundred percent i think that that's a that is a nice way to do a little bow that.
0: <laughs> bow it up bow it up <laughs> little jiggaboo bow okay thank you America's democracy is not guaranteed. It is only as strong as our willingness to fight for it, to guard it, and never take it for granted. And protecting our democracy takes struggle, it takes sacrifice. But there is a joy in it, and there is progress, because we, the people, have the power to build a better future. That is a quote from our Vice President, Kamala Harris. I hope you saw that speech and saw her working it out in that white pantsuit. That was such a beautiful, amazing speech. And Joe Biden gave a great speech as well. I think I just cried through both of them. Again, just the release of the pain that I had been holding within my body for the past four years. So definitely check it out if you haven't. Watch those historical speeches and get inspired. All right, we're going to jump into our Tweet of the Week. Since we're here at the bonus episode, why not do a Tweet of the Week? This one comes from at I identify as happy. They just tweeted at us. Uh, there's this really great video uh, of watching. It's just a really great video. And, you know, we are talking about, you know, we think, you know, Georgia. We think Michigan and Pennsylvania. But we need to get very clear as to who we are thinking in those. And, you know, think Atlanta, not just Georgia. Think Detroit. Not just Michigan, thank Philly, not just Pennsylvania. So, thank you for tweeting that video at us. Um, at I identify as happy, a really great reminder. And this kind of segues into my fact check for this week. We had mentioned last week uh, the percentage is about 87% of Black people had voted for Joe Biden. Now, those are just projected numbers from Tuesday and Wednesday. And so, Philly, uh, Atlanta, I uh, uh, Detroit, those numbers were not in. So actually, the numbers are going to actually be even higher. Those are just the people who had voted by Tuesday or Wednesday, and so some of those were going to – a certain amount of percentage of people are going to – black folks are going to vote Republican. They have uh, since, you know, they just have – but those, that, was not, that number is going to increase. So black people turned it out again. Way to go. And also that we're giving credit to the Navajo Nation and indigenous folks and Latinx folks who really helped turn it out. And Arizona and Nevada really coming out in numbers of huge support. And then we do need to have conversations that, you know, white women, 55%, which is up from, I think it was 53% last time. So uh, up two percentage points voted for Joe Biden. And, you Know we need to just again be having these conversations, and it is we the people. Maybe sometimes people are just voting for themselves, but you know, when I went to the polls, I was really thinking about who stood had the most to lose. We can now turn the beat around on you know these kids in cages, you know, the immigration policies that we um, have inflicted on you know people who are just trying to find a better life. I'm just really, if you watch the documentary Immigration Nation, and they said, Hey. If you want to see this immigration policy change, it can happen on day one. You just have to vote. And uh, we did that. So really relieved. I wanted to mention that I told you about a sexual harassment video that I had watched from Time's Up. It was also not narrated by Donald Glover. wanted to give you... That tidbit. And I had mentioned last week, I had mentioned the wrong number. I said, "Why well, it's wrong on a few fronts. I had said that uh, an incumbent president had only been beaten twice. Um, that number is wrong. I, what I meant to say, it'd be three times. And now... Four times, but that number is also wrong because it's four times in the last hundred years, uh, in the, in the modern day age. But uh, Joe Biden is the fifteenth president to unseat an incumbent. Doesn't happen often, but it do when it needs to. And we got a new episode coming at you on Friday. Sam Jackson is going to be here and, you know, we'll be just unpacking more information will be coming out from the election. Uh, we'll be talking about more just the feelings and the reactions and what to do next and going to be doing a focus conversation uh, in my corner. We'll be talking about the relationship between racism and economics. And you know, I've been talking a lot about how we have to rebrand and refocus our conversations into what the worries and concerns are of voters. And I really do believe you can connect every worry and concern into economics. People just want people want food and shelter. People want food, shelter, security, and safety. And I think we can bring all those conversations to it. And we're gonna be talking about specifically how racism impacts. The economy, its actually costs us more by not dealing with our racism. So we'll be diving into that. Arm yourselves with knowledge as we head in to the future. It's really a new era for Minority Corner that we're, you know, entering in. When we started this podcast of June of 2015, Trump was in the ether. You know, it's been such a huge part of this podcast and these conversations. And I'm looking forward to, we're going to be able to over the next few months and into the next year talking about it less and less he threw out a tweet and he was like i had the most votes i won and i laughed i laughed because it meant nothing anymore and that feels damn good so congratulations we did it and we're doing it let's go so big thank you to sarah brown our editor and to sam jackson our marketing manager and a big thank you to all of you for all the work that you did i'm so proud of you uh you've been doing the work i just my I, words can't express enough how much y'all have, have done it you've did the work you've been doing it i would thank you so much and thank you for listening to this podcast and including this into your uh, conversation and your knowledge and, and 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 spreading the work and the love and the knowledge and the care and all the things that we do so i love you all so much when i say that i truly do mean it i hope you can feel that so we did it i love you thank you so much for listening to minority corner because together we're the majority